We are an extension of you in Asia and wherever we're going because your church has been so um, amazing to pray for us, to love us, to support us as we're out. And as she shared this past year, we've been in Thailand, Sri Lanka, India, Mongolia, Hong Kong, different places. And in each place, uh, we really pray about what their needs are and what we're to do to help come alongside and support and build up the local church pastors and, um, and do humanitarian, humanitarian aid or different things that their nation needs. And so uh, in the next few months, we'll be going to Thailand doing a pastors and leaders conference and then in Haiti doing a large crusade, uh, combining with some other people uh, to just do a big outreach there and uh, team up with them. And then we'll also be in China doing a youth conference. The door has opened in mainland China to do this um, youth rally and concert. So we're really excited. It's going to be different and unique, but the doors open there and uh, in the government churches there. So we're excited about that. And then we'll be back in Cambodia where we've really focused a lot of our energies towards. And if you want some info about what we're doing in Cambodia this Christmas, we brought some brochures just to give you a synopsis of what this Christmas is going to look like. Uh, we're going to be doing a, a big Christmas gift giveaway, uh, giving a thousand gifts to the children in six different villages there in Kampong Tom. And then we'll be doing a women's conference. And uh, it's exciting. We had about 600 women come last Christmas. And uh, we're believing for even more just to bless these women. And each woman will receive a gift. We're going to feed them, bless them. And then we'll also be doing food outreaches, uh, 10,000 pounds of food in each of those villages, dedicating another water well, and then dedicating an orphanage that we've started building this year. So we are really excited. The orphanage will house... Um, at this point, 30 children, and um, we're believing for continued expansion on that. But uh, it's something that God put in my heart when I was there this past Christmas, and I saw 30 kids sleeping on the floor of the pastor's home and uh, in the church, and I thought, we got to do something about this. And the pastor there that we have connected with that has planted a lot of the churches that we've helped with uh, just has an incredible vision for his nation and for the children in his nation, rescuing kids off the street. So anyway, we have felt to come alongside him and help him fulfill the dreams in his heart. And so we're excited to finish up this orphanage this Christmas and dedicate it. So you are an extension of that. Yes. And I want to thank you because whether you see their faces or not, you'll see their faces in heaven. Yeah. And so we thank you. We appreciate your pastors and all that you're doing to reach out to Asia. And we have a quick little video we'll just show you about uh, bringing hope to the children there in Cambodia. Amen. Can we give Jesus a hand? You know... That's what I love about coming to places like this, is that you have a heart outside of your four walls of the church. You have a heart outside of your comfortable chair, and you have a heart to reach out to people. And, uh, you know, it's, it's wonderful to see the things that we're able to really do in the world when we come together and we think about how can we help someone else. Uh, you know, with the amazing things that you guys are doing here in the Sudan and um, you know, reaching out and supporting them and the support that you guys give into Thailand and, uh, you know, support that you're helping us with. You know, sometimes we don't realize the lives that we're actually able to change. And uh, that's why we share the video with you and share the stories with you because sometimes when you work, you know, 9 to 5, Monday to Friday or Saturday or you work nights and you're just doing those things and then you come into church and sometimes we forget that we come together so that we can assemble and not only be encouraged ourselves, but that we can actually figure out how can we change this world for Jesus Christ. I mean, that's what Jesus told his disciples. He's like, look, guys, don't just, you know, it's great that I spent three years with you. It's great that we had a good time. A lot of people were changed and healed. But you know what? You need to go and do this thing. You need to go and tell more people. You need to go and reach this world. And we're disciples just like they were. It's just a few thousand years after they were walking the earth. And there's a lot more of us now. 
uh, but the call is the same. We're still called to reach out and to help people. And uh, that's why it's so important for you to be connected in this place. If you're a visitor here, maybe you, you've been uh, you know, coming for a while to the church and you've not got involved, it's so important for you to get involved in the place that God has put into your life so that not only growth can happen in your life, but you can then take the growth that happens in your life and you can reach out to someone else who's lost, to someone else who's hurting. I don't know about you, but on your way to church this morning, you probably passed some uh, empty uh, businesses and you probably passed some houses that had some people in it that probably need to know Jesus. Anyone... Anyone that you know like that? Maybe someone that you sat next to in a restaurant last night or someone that you were at a ball game with this weekend. There's a lot of people in this world they still need to know about Jesus. Isn't that right? Am I in the right place? This is Victory Christian Center, Dan. Yeah. They still need to know about Jesus. Who's going to tell them? She's got it. Who's going to tell them? We are. Just lift your hand like this. Say, I will. That's what God has called us to do. You know, whether it's here or Timbuktu, we need to just be willing to do the things that God has called us to do. Isn't that right? Amen. Well, you know, as usual, I only have two or three messages I want to preach for you guys this morning. So I want to get to the word, but I just want to highlight, we have a few uh, of our our newer messages uh, back on the table. Uh, Two, I just want to highlight one, a message that Sarah preached recently at our church back uh, in Tulsa, and that is a, a message entitled, The Treasure of Knowing Jesus. So many times we think that knowing Jesus is just about coming to an altar and praying a prayer, and that's it. But, you know, there is actual treasure that you can find in knowing Jesus as you spend time with him, as you read the word, as you're in prayer. There's there's treasure that comes out in that relationship. It's not just about salvation. It's salvation, but then it's fullness of life. Jesus said it's life to the fullest or life more abundantly. There is an abundant life that God wants you to walk in. There's an abundant life that God has called you to live in, but you have to get that treasure out as you spend time in that relationship with Jesus, as you spend time in prayer and you develop that communication with him. And so I want to encourage you guys, uh, since we're not going to preach that whole message today, just stop by and pick up that resource in the back. Another message I want to highlight is called, Are You Available? Are there any available people here this morning? Now, I'm not talking to you if you're single. I'm just saying, are you available? (laughs) You know, I firmly believe that if you're available in life, that God will make you capable. That so many times we discount ourselves when God has said we can do things. We try to reason out why we can't fulfill the call of God in our lives because of where we're from, because of what we've been through, because of our bank account, because of our age, because of our uh, intellect or knowledge or whatever it is. But I, I believe that as I read through the Bible and I look at how God called the early disciples, what he looked for in these guys was not how smart they were. What he looked for was not how capable they were. What he looked for was not how much they knew about the things of God. He looked for someone who said, okay, I'm available. I mean, he spoke to the, to the fishermen. He said, hey, you guys, come follow me, and I'll make you to become. In other words, you don't have what it takes now, but if you follow me, I will make you to become the person that you're supposed to be. In other words, what he was saying is, if you're just available and you spend time with me and you follow and you watch what I am doing, then I'll make you to become capable in everything that you need to do in life. See, some of you came in here to church this morning and you feel like you have some deficiencies. You feel like that you can't do certain things that other people can do. But I want to encourage you that if you just stay in a place of availability to God, God can take you from where you are to where you need to be. He can pick you up off of the ground. He can dust you off and he can set you in the right course. And so just get this in your heart that we need to stay in a state of availability to God, to the spirit of God, to the word of God. And if we live like that, then God will do amazing things in us and he'll do amazing things through us. Do you believe that this morning? You see, I'm not going to preach the message for you. I'm just going to give you a little taste. Do you get it? Hopefully you'll go home and you'll remember something. You ready for the word? Why don't we pray? Father, we just thank you for this time that we have together. Lord, I thank you for all my friends that are here this morning. I thank you, Lord, for your word that brings life, that brings truth, brings revelation. So I pray that that revelation knowledge would become a reality in our lives today. Lord, our prayer today is simple. We pray that we would be challenged, that we would be encouraged, and that we would leave this place equipped to change this world for you. So Holy Spirit, give us ears to hear and eyes to see. 
what you are telling us and what you're showing us in this hour. We come against any hindrance, any distraction, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, that we can hear from you today and we'll leave this place stronger and better in Jesus' name. And everybody agreed? Amen. 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 You know, it's amazing if you follow some of the things that are going on in the situations of the world today. If you look at uh, the news or you watch things, there is all kinds of turmoil and situations that are happening on a regular basis. And so many times there can be questions in our heart about, you know, what are we supposed to do about this? Or how can we help with this? Or, you know, I'm afraid to do this. And, you know, I just have a question for you this morning. How many have ever been in a situation where you just felt like you didn't know exactly what to do? Let me see your hands. Maybe that was this morning. You didn't know what you were going to wear to church. I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe it was yesterday and you were trying to figure out, you know, what we were going to do about a situation in your family or whatever it is. But so many times in life we face opposition, we face obstacles, and we don't really know what to do. Maybe you, you know, you were single and then you got married and you said, I don't really know what to do. And uh, maybe you had children, and then when you, they sent you home with this little baby, you wondered, isn't there a manual or something they're going to send me with? And I'm not sure exactly what to do. There are so many of those kind of times in life. And I was thinking the other day about how that uh, my first time that I went to Africa, it was in 1995, and I went, I was 17 years old, and we went on this missions trip. And, uh, you know, it was one of those experiences that just revolutionized my life. It just changed the course of my life of all the different experiences that we had. But I remember this one particular time we got dropped off biblically two by two in these villages. And some of you probably heard me tell a little bit of this story before. But we we got dropped off in these villages and, and, uh, you know, the pastor came and the pastor told us that we were going to preach that night in the service. And I was with my friend and I didn't know exactly what to do. And, uh, you know, he told me, you know, I was going to preach that night. And so, we, you know, we, we, draw, we drew straws or we did paper, rock, scissors for it. And I ended up losing. And so I had to preach that night. And I was in one of these situations. I know you're thinking, well, that's not very spiritual. Well, I was 17 years old. It's just a miracle I was there, you know. I wasn't ready to preach. I remember that situation. I had 15 minutes to preach the sermon in. I was in one of those positions where I said, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know. I don't know how to preach. I mean, they're, they're expecting the man of God to be there, and I'm looking around figuring out, well, where's the man of God? You know, who's this guy that's supposed to preach these words? And, and I just remembered just quieting my heart and just beginning to pray and ask God for help. You know, it was amazing to see how that in those moments when you don't know what to do, when you quiet yourself and you just look to God and you just begin to pray, He begins to give you answers. He begins to give you guidance and direction for your life. And I share that story with you today because I know there are many things that you face on a regular basis. There might be situations in your business or situations in your family or circumstances that you might be up against or things that you're, you know, getting ready to face here in the future. And I want to encourage you, you can always take that time to look to God. You can always take that time to quiet your heart, to quiet your mind and say, God, what do you want to do? God, what do you want me to do? God, how do you want to lead me? And the amazing thing is that every single time when you do that, God is faithful. He's faithful to speak to you. He's faithful to guide you. He's faithful to give you direction and answers for whatever it is in your life. And I want to read this passage of Scripture as we begin today. The passage of Scripture is out of Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 through 6. This is a passage where God has spoken already to Abraham, how he's supposed to be the father of many nations, and yet there was one problem. He had no children. So how can a guy that's supposed to father many nations and have, you know, be his offspring, you know, multiply and fill the earth when he doesn't even have any children. And most of us have heard this story before. And so Abraham was dealing with this situation. He wasn't exactly sure of what to do. And I like what the Lord did in the midst of the confusion, in the midst of the chaos, and in the midst of Abraham, you know, complaining and saying, okay, God, I'm supposed to be the father of many nations, but uh, have you seen my wife lately? She's kind of old and she doesn't have any children. Some of you are laughing. That was the situation. So I don't know what your situation is, but that was his. And so it was amazing. The Lord took him out. And this is what it says in Genesis chapter 15. It says, the Lord took him out and he spoke these words to him. He said, Abraham, look up towards the heavens and count the stars if you're able to number them. And the Bible says that when Abraham went out there and he looked up, that he then believed the Lord and it was counted to him as righteousness. He said, look up. That's how many descendants you're going to have. 
Isn't that amazing? He's in his tent. He's complaining. He's murmuring. He's not sure how these things are going to happen. And the Lord says, oh, 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 hold on, Abraham. Just just calm down. Come on outside of your tent. Come on outside of your problem. Come on away from your circumstance. Come on outside of, of all of that clutter in your mind. And, and just get to an open space and look up. And as he began to look up, God said, you see all of those stars? That's how many descendants you're going to have. And it was like in that moment, Abraham began to get something in his heart that he didn't have before. That's why the Bible says that he believed the Lord. How do you believe? You believe in your heart. He believed in his heart. And it says it, counted, it was counted to him as righteousness. So in other words, he believed in his heart that it was actually going to happen so firm that God said, see, that's all you needed. You just needed to come away. You just needed to get outside of all of that stuff. And then focus on me and remember what I told you to do. And the word of the Lord for you today is look up. Look up to him. In the midst of whatever you're going through, in the midst of whatever situation you're in the middle of, in the midst of whatever turmoil is going on in your family, is going on in your business, whatever decisions that you're getting ready to face, I want to encourage you this morning to look up. Just turn to the person next to you and tell them it's time to look up. Single people again, I didn't say hook up, I said look up. We can pray for you after the service. We'll have a special session for you. No. It's so important that we learn to look up to God. We need to look up to God for our provision. We need to look up to God for our healing. We need to look up to God for our protection. We need to look up to God for our direction. We need to look up to God in all areas of our lives. So many times we can get focused just on the external or just on the situations in our life and we can try to reason things through our mind and think that that is God. But I'm here to encourage you today that God speaks today, that He's spoken in His Word, and that if He has given you promises then he wants to see those promises come to pass more than you do. And if you're not seeing them today, it's not his thing that he didn't do. It may be something that we aren't doing. And I believe so many people are living life at a level that's less than God's best. And they're asking themselves the question, how can I get to that place? How can I achieve these dreams? How can I see the fulfillment of promises or stuff that's on the inside of my heart? And I believe that there is something so powerful when we look at things or when we focus on things things. And when we look to God, not just with our eyes, but with our heart and our belief, it's amazing to see how God then begins to guide and God begins to direct. And all of you can probably think of circumstances or things right now that have been in your past and how that you didn't know exactly what to do, or maybe you you didn't know exactly how you were going to get that job. But then somehow when you just look to God and you begin to believe his word, you begin to confess his word, you begin to stand on the promises, you begin to be led by the Holy Spirit. God somehow turned your situation around. How many of you say, you know what? I realized God's done some of those things in my life. Three of you. Great. How many say that God's done some things in my life? All right. Sure, we've all been in those places. God has done amazing things in our life. But you know what I've found is that sometimes in the life of faith, we can expect God for certain things when we come into the family, but then at certain times we forget to operate in those same things that we lived in in the beginning. You know what I'm talking about? It's like you got saved, you came to the altar, you used to cry a lot, you opened up your heart and said, God, I'll do anything you call me to do. And then after a few months, you said, God, I'll do some of the things you want me to do. When you found out what he wanted you to do. Right? But we have to stay in that place where we're continually looking up to God. Isaiah 45 verse 22 says it this way. Look to me and be saved. All the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. Everybody say, there is no other. You see, in the life of faith, we must continually look to God as our Father. We must continually look to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We must continually look to the Holy Spirit as our guide and our comforter. We must continually look up. So one of the questions that I have for us today is this. What are you looking at? Just turn to the person next to you and ask them, what are you looking at? If you're not sure, just turn your head and face this direction. What are you looking at? You know, I remember several years ago when I had to take a driver's improvement course. Now, this was not driver's education. This was driver's improvement. Some of you are wondering, what's the difference? Well, one you do voluntarily. The other, the judge tells you to do. Some of you know what I'm talking about, 
Maybe some of you on the front row. So here I was in this driver's improvement course. It was this all-day thing that he had to go to on a Saturday. And so I, I remember showing up early to this thing, you know, and we're sitting there all day long, and they're telling us about the dangers of, you know, uh, driving fast, the dangers of drunk driving. I mean, all these things that they're telling us to do. And it was just because I got a couple speeding tickets, and they want to send me with all of these, you know, people that should be in jail. I don't know. <laughs> it was like an insane asylum, and I thought I was the only one that was normal. But here I was in the midst of this place, and they're showing, you know, all of these, you know, things about why you need to drive defensively and driving safe. And there was one particular part of the session that I remember very vividly. We were watching these videos, and they shared about how that uh, they, they did research on people that lost control of their vehicles during inclement weather or bad road conditions, maybe because of rain, sleet, or snow, or ice, something like that. And so they did research on people that were in those accidents, and they put the people into two categories. One, a group that made it through without crashing their cars, and one, a group that made it through but crashed their car. And uh, so they did the research, and they said what we found in uh, that most people, when they lose control of their vehicle, they focus on an object that they want to miss. So in other words, if I'm driving a car here and the car starts spinning out of control, and, and I see this pole over here, I would focus on not... Uh, not hitting that pole. And I would tell myself, I sure don't want to hit the light pole. I sure don't want to hit the light pole. I sure don't want to hit that light pole. But what they found is that more times than not, the people that focused on those things that they wanted to miss ended up hitting the exact thing. And I thought, wow, that's not very good news. How much hope is there in that? And they said, but what we also found is the people that missed the obstacles, the people that were able to navigate successfully through the turmoil or navigate successfully through the problems or through the things that seemed out of control were not the people that looked at the object and said, I sure don't want to hit that thing. But they were the people that looked for the open space. And as they looked at the open space, their car went in that direction. So the research, the researcher said, what we found out is that people moved in the direction direction of where their focus was. Are you getting it? They moved in the direction of where their focus was. Some people in life are so focused on messing up and not, and not, you know, oh, I just don't want to do this. I just don't want to do this. I just don't want to do this anymore. And what happens? They end up doing that thing again. But I believe in the family of God, we are to be those who were not focusing on our problems as much, not focusing on our issues as much, not focusing on the, the reasons why things won't work, but we should be focusing on every reason why they will work. We need to be looking not at the obstacles, but we need to be looking for the open space, the open space of God's word, the open space of where God's Holy Spirit is directing us to do to in life. We need to be looking to the open space because there is something very powerful about our focus, and that is what you focus on, you will move towards. So I'm here to encourage you to ruffle your feathers, whatever you want to, to call it this morning, and get you stirred up on the inside that it doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter what you're in the middle of. It doesn't matter what you might be facing in the future. But if you can get it in your heart and your mind and your spirit today, that it doesn't matter. But as long as you focus on God and his word and look to the promises, God can take you right here from where you are to anywhere that he wants you to be in life. Are you getting that this morning? You say you seem all fired up. I am fired up. Why? Because I believe that God wants to take each and every one of us to a new place, but we can't get to the new place looking at the old things. We can't get to the new place looking at the problems. We can't get to the new place looking at the reasons of why things won't work. We need to get faith in the inside of our hearts and believe that will not just be something that we think about, but it'll be something that we speak about. and It'll be something that we follow through in action with our lives. Because if you believe something on the the inside of your heart, then your action will follow that. The Bible says, as a man thinks within himself, so is he. Why? It's so powerful when you actually believe something, your mind begins to tell yourself, I believe that thing, and your actions fall in line with what you believe. So we need to be those who are continually looking up to God. Just say, I'm going to look up. Get your eyes off of those problems and obstacles and get your eyes on God. The Bible says it this way in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 2. It says, looking unto Jesus. Man, isn't that good? Looking unto Jesus, the author 
and the finisher of our faith. The finisher. I said he's the finisher. He's the finisher. Some of you need to get it this morning. Six of you got it. I said, Corey, he's the finisher. All of you can recognize God has started something in your life. But faith and belief in your heart says God's going to finish things in my life. That's what changes our outlook. That's what changes our perspective. When we know he's not just the God of the beginning, he's the God of the ends. Isn't that right? He's the God that, that however many years ago when this church started and you were right there, oh, yeah, yeah. He's the God that's going to finish the course of what God wants to do in this church. He's the God that not only starts, he Eight of you got it now. He starts and he finishes. So in the midst of him starting and finishing, there's something that's called time. And we don't necessarily like time because time means that we have to walk some things out. But you know what? God helps us in the midst of that. He gives us his word that builds faith in the inside of our hearts. He's given us his spirit that leads us and teaches us and shows us all things so that we can focus on what God is going to do even when he hasn't done it. We can focus on what God has said even when we haven't seen it. We can focus on the things that God wants to do even when he hasn't done it yet in our lives. There is something powerful when you focus on God. When you look to him, he will not only be the author of your life, but he will be the finisher of your life. Some of you single parent moms or or dads that are here today and you've been wondering about your situation. You've been wondering how you're going to raise your children. You've been wondering how you're going to get through difficult times. I'm here to encourage you that he's not only the author of your life, he's the finisher of your life. He's the one that wrote the end from the beginning. He knows everything about you. He's the first and the last and he's here to help you. He's here to see you through. But what you have to do is live a life of faith and live a life that focuses not just on your problems, but on your potential. Live a life that focuses not just on why things won't work, but on every reason why they will work. Why? Because you have God Almighty, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe on your side. And if he is for you, the Bible says, who can be against you? Are you getting it this morning? That's what the Bible is all about. The Bible is all about helping us to have a correct focus in life. Because if we can have the correct focus in life, we can do everything that God has called us to do in this life. Regardless of the situations, regardless of the opposition, we can do everything that God has called us to do in this life. Because God is faithful. The Bible says in Philippians 1 and verse 6, being confident of this thing, that he who began the work, he will complete the work. So here's another example of him being the author and the finisher. The Apostle Paul wrote it this way to the church of Philippi. He said, look, be confident in this very thing. He, God, who began the good work in you, he, God, will complete that thing. What's your part? Your part is to be confident in him, to be faithful and understand, or or not, he's faithful, but you can just understand that if you're confident, confidence means that your life is going to exemplify, your life is going to resemble what you're believing in. If I'm confident in something, then you will be able to look at me and say, that person is confident in whatever it is. If we're out playing sports and somebody that's really good, you can look out there on the team and say, oh, that guy right there, he knows how to play that sport. Why? Because there's a confidence in his life. There should be a confidence in our lives that when the world looks at us at us, or when people look at us, they see something different. Not something that is prideful, not something that is cocky, but something that walks in a confident humility because you realize your life is not your own. You realize you've exchanged yours for his. You realize that God Almighty is on your side. You realize that it's not it has nothing to do with you and it has everything to do with him. You realize that God Almighty is working on your behalf and you walk with that confidence. You step out and faith with that confidence. You speak with that confidence. And because of that, the guy who began the things, which is God, he will complete those things in your life. Isn't that good? Aren't you encouraged by that? I mean, when I read scripture like that, I just, I'm so encouraged. I think, I think to myself, oh, thank God. I don't have to figure it all out, but he's already figured it out. All I have to do is look to him. And if I'm confident in him, that means dreams and desires and vision that he puts on the inside of our hearts, then he wants to see those things fulfilled. But we have to walk them out by faith so we can be confident in him. You know, I remember a while back when Sarah and I were were trying to figure some things out in our life and we had a, a situation that we were, you know, just trying to work through. And I remember that 
the more we started to talk about the situation, the more we started to talk about the, the stuff that was going on, then the more heavy we felt. The more we started to try to figure things out in the natural, the worse we seemed to feel. And we began to just get discouraged. We began to get anxious. And it was amazing to see how that just in the midst of a few minutes of talking about something, how that we could go from one state of enjoyment and happiness to then feeling so discouraged and down. Have you ever been like that in your life? I mean, nothing changed in the natural. There was no even conversations with other people. Either maybe it was with yourself or with one or two other people. And then in just a matter of a few moments, your outlook just began to change all of a sudden. And we remember when we were talking, we just realized it. We said, wait a minute. We just need to stop. Let's pray. Let's just begin to speak the word. And so as we stopped and we began to pray, it was amazing how things began to turn. So here things went from good to bad to worse, and now they're starting to look good again. And it was amazing how that when we stopped and we just began to pray, we begin to speak the word. We begin to rejoice. We begin to thank God. Just in a matter of a few moments, faith rose up on the inside of our hearts, and we realized God is in control. God's going to work this thing out. God hasn't set us up to fail. He set us up to win. God hasn't left us out here to leave us high and dry. He has actually put us here to prepare us for whatever those things are. And I'm here to encourage you that God is the same for you, that he is faithful, and that sometimes all you need to do is you need to preach to yourself. Sometimes you just need, when nobody else is lifting you up, you need to just get yourself up and you need to say, all right, I'm going to stand on the word. All right, I'm going to speak the word. All right, I'm going to rejoice. You might be in your car. Turn that radio up with worship and you just begin to worship God. When thoughts begin to come into your mind, when deception begins to fill your heart, when doubt begins to drain you down, you need to just fill your life with faith, fill your life with worship, fill your life with God's word. And when you start to fill your life with the things that God has given us to actually equip us to complete the things in this life. It's amazing how your outlook changes. It's amazing how your emotions change. It's amazing how your heart begins to change. Why? Because you're now operating in what God has called us to operate in and we're looking to Him. Are you getting that this morning? You see, you came in here expecting maybe church as usual, but you're going to leave something with something different today. There's too much for us to do in this life for us to just come and to to just have a good service and leave. No, I believe we need to come and be transformed each week. We need to come and we need to hear God's word. Why? Because God's word transforms us from the inside. It makes us the, the people that we need to be. The Bible says it recreates us, not just in our mind, but in our spirit. So whoever you are today, I want to challenge you, don't leave the same. You say, well, well, well. How can I have any effect on that? You determine it in your heart right now. You determine in your heart, I'm not going to leave this place the same. I'm going to get whatever God wants me to get out of the word today. Do you believe that? You see, we can put our confidence in him at all times. You know, and I was thinking about how so many times we can put our confidence in so many other things. We can put it in our status. We can put it in our position. We can put it in our bank accounts. We can put it in what people think of us. But that's not what God looks at. God doesn't want us to look at any of those things. He says, you know what? Put your confidence in me. I won't let you down. Put your faith and your hope in me. I will see you through whatever the things are that you're facing in life. You know, there's a story in the Old Testament when the children of Israel, they were finishing up traveling in the wilderness and they were getting ready to go into the promised land. And Moses, who was the leader at the time, the Lord had showed him that you, you, you can see the promise and you can look across the Jordan River, but you won't be able to inherit it. You won't be able to walk in. And so the Lord showed him that and he said, but Joshua and his descendants, his followers, they're going to walk into the promised land. And it was amazing to see how that when Joshua stepped in and he began to cross over the Jordan and, and you know, he had to get the encouragement on the inside of his heart. The Lord told him, be strong and of a good courage. You're going to make it. You have what it takes. And then he's crossed over and he begins to inherit this land that God had given them and that God had promised them for years. And so he's enjoying the promises. He's, he's crossed over. It was a miracle. The Jordan dried up. Now they're on the other side of the Jordan. They're in the promised land. I mean, they were, I can imagine they were eating some of those big grapes that the Bible talks about. They were just enjoying the sunshine, the palm, and the shade trees, and they were just having a good time. But then in the midst of them enjoying the promises, in the midst of them enjoying you know, the things that God had, had given them, the things that God had promised them, and the things that they actually now were walking in, they came up against an obstacle, and that obstacle was called Jericho. 
Anybody ever heard of Jericho? So, you know, I'm sure they would have thought to themselves, well, God, you gave us this land. You said it was ours. And now here we are. We've crossed over. We're enjoying the benefits of all that you gave us. And now there's an obstacle called Jericho. I don't understand. Maybe that's like you in your life. I mean, you got saved. You entered into the family of God. You started enjoying some of his benefits like salvation. And, you know, and, you know, just, you know, you start understanding the benefits of prayer and worship and things like that. But then you came up against an obstacle and you said, Lord, I thought this was going to be easy. Well, I have news for you. It may not be easy, but it is possible. And that's what God had to encourage the children of Israel. He said, look, guys, the promise never changed. This is your city. This is your land. Go and possess it. You mean I have to do something? That's what the word says. So it's amazing to see what God did with Joshua. Same thing he did with Abraham. So here's Joshua. He's looking at Jericho. And the the Bible says the Lord pulled him aside and began to speak to him. And he said, Joshua, look now and see. I have given you the city. Now, in the natural, he was looking at the city. Right? It's like if I said, Look at the sound booth. Okay, I'm looking at the sound booth. No, no, no. Look now. I've given you the sound booth. Well, I'm still looking at the sound booth. What he was saying is, Joshua, don't just look with your natural eyes. See the promise that I gave you. See the promise actually fulfilled in your life. See those things that I told you. See them actually coming to pass. What he was trying to get him to do was to look with a different set of eyes, to look with eyes of faith instead of, eyes in the natural or eyes of doubt or eyes that just saw opposition see eyes that saw the opportunity that was right ahead of him and when he spoke that to him he said look now and see i've already given you this city it was like something clicked in joshua's heart something clicked in his life and he started to realize wait a minute you did tell me i could inherit this you did tell me i'm going to have that in my life you did tell me that i'm going to see that in my family you did tell me that and he said and it was amazing to see I've given you the city, and now Joshua sees with eyes of faith. And then right after that, get this, right after he began to see with eyes of faith, he got that in the inside of his heart, the Bible says the Lord now began to give him the strategy on how to defeat that city. You see, all the while, he was seeing that thing in the natural, but when his eyes of faith began to see that thing, he saw that thing actually for the way God saw it, which was a conquered city, a city that God had given them. And then right after the belief changed in his heart and the outlook changed in his life, God now gave him the strategy on how you're supposed to go and defeat that thing. You see, God wasn't just going to defeat that thing. God was going to get Joshua to participate in the defeat of that thing because God knows that he's up there, we're down here. He gives us his word. He's given us his spirit. And then he gives us faith in our heart to walk out with our actions and see the things that he has promised us in life actually come to pass. But we have to participate in this. It's not just a spectator life. It's a participation of life that we have to walk in daily with our Savior. And it's amazing how right after he got it in his heart, then the Bible says he gave him strategies. And then we know the, the rest of the story. You know, they marched around that thing six times, and they marched the seventh day, seven times. They blew the horns, the trumpets, the walls fell down. They didn't touch a person. They didn't touch uh, a brick. But somehow, by a miracle, the walls fell down. Why? Because they got the strategy, and then they followed through on the strategy of what the Holy Spirit told them or the Spirit of God told them in that moment. And I'm here to encourage you that you might be up against a Jericho in your life. You might be up against an obstacle that seems impossible. But I want to tell you to see that thing the way God sees it. Look at that thing the way God looks at it. See that impossibility as possible. See that devastation as something that's not destroyed, but something that's actually rebuilt in your life. See that marriage restored and whole. See the finances blessed. See your family, you know, serving God. See those lost relatives come. Coming into the family of God. See those things that seem impossible for you. See that boss actually giving you favor. See those co-workers actually coming to you and asking, how can I know about what you know? How can I fall in line with what you are following? How can I know Christ? See those situations that you have seen for so long as impossible. See those things as possibilities that are actually going to come to pass. Why? Because God Almighty is on your side and he is telling you today to look now and see I've already given it to you. And then here's the great thing. He's going to give you the strategy. 
He's going to give you the strategy on how you can do some of those things. He's going to give you the strategy on who to talk to. He's going to give you the strategy on where to go. He's going to give you the strategy. And then when you get the strategy, you just walk it out by faith. And God is faithful. Everybody say, God is faithful. You see, God is faithful. But we have to get our focus and our eyes in the right direction. You know, I remember uh, several years ago when my son Isaac turned two years old and his uh, grandparents, BB, which is Pastor Sharon and, and Pastor Billy Joe, they gave him a train table for his birthday. And it was, you know, it was a great looking train table, at least in the box. You know, we outside had a beautiful picture. And uh, so I thought, man, that's great. You gave him a train table. Who's going to put this thing together? You know, grandparents, they gave the gift, but I had to put it together. And so there's a beautiful box. They sit at home with us. And I thought, this is great. This is another thing for me to do. I mean, so here we go. I got this train table. I open up the box. You know, it looked beautiful on the outside. I open up the box, and I didn't see a train table on the inside. I saw about a thousand pieces. I'm pulling them out one by one, all the screws, all these little things, and I'm looking at the thing. I'm thinking, well, it's a train table for a two-year-old. I should be able to put this thing together. I mean, come on. Any idiot should be able to put a train table together. Right? I mean, it's a two-year-old toy. I mean, I'm not two, but, you know, I've been around a lot longer, so I should be able to do that. So I remember starting to put this thing together, and uh, it looked more like a boat than it did a train table. And about halfway through, I thought, something is not right. I am missing it. And so I remember, you know, taking all those pieces and then getting that box and putting it out in front of me. And now I'm looking at this box, and I'm thinking, well, mine doesn't look like that. And it was amazing the, the change in perspective, when I saw what the finished product was supposed to be like, then I was able to take the things that seemed messed up or take the things that seemed, you know, like they weren't right, and I was just able to pull them out and to put them in the right place, and I'm following the instruction, you know, I'm following step, you know, 45, step 65, and I'm going through, you know, all these steps. But even as I was following the steps, sometimes I wasn't exactly sure what was going on, and so then I looked at that picture, and the picture every time, it helped me to realize, okay, I'm going in the right direction. Okay, I'm, I'm headed in the right direction. I'm just going to keep going. Even when it didn't look like it made sense, I'm just going to look at that picture. I'm going to follow the manual, and I'm going to get this thing to where it's supposed to be, to where it's a finished product. And it was amazing how that just in a matter of a few moments, as I was looking at the picture, as I was focusing on the finished result, how that I was able to quickly turn that thing from some strange-looking boat of a train table to an actual train table, and I was finished. Now, it was a few hours, but I was finished. <laughs> and it taught me a very important lesson about the power of focus and the power of what we look at. So many times in life, we see ourselves different than God sees us. And we wonder why things aren't working out the way that they're supposed to work out. But when we get the right picture on the inside of who God has called us to be, then things begin to change in our lives. And I'm here to encourage you today to look at the things that God has spoken to you. Look at the things that God has given you in the Word. Look at the promises that God has spoken to you in your heart and get a picture of those promises, not the unfulfilled, but the fulfilled. Not the things that seem impossible, but the things that are going to become possible in your life and as you get that picture and you focus in on that and as you're following through your manual it may be more than a hundred steps but you just follow through step one step two and you just go through the promises that God has given us in his word and you're looking at the picture of the finished life that God has promised you you will be amazed how that those things that seem destroyed those things that seem devastated those things that seem to not be looking right those seems things that seem to not be working out those things quickly will begin to turn in your life. Why? Because you're following what God has said and you have a picture of who God has called you to be and the things that God has already spoken to you to achieve or to attain in your life. And you will see yourself going from this place of doubt or this place of discouragement to a place of understanding, to a place of faith. And you will see the promises of God become a reality in your life. Do you believe that this morning? How many of you believe that? Are you getting it? This works whether you're 12, 25, 45, 65, 85, 93, whoever you are here today, this works for you. Because this is God's word. This is not just an idea of man. This is God. This is what he has said in his word. And this is how he has worked 
all throughout history. When people have gotten off track, when people have gotten confused about things, God would pull them aside and say, hey, hey, hey hold on. Just look up. Come on, just, just look up. We see it time and time again. You know, there's an example of Jesus that I think is very important. Jesus, when he was with his disciples and they're getting ready to feed, you know, you know they're, they're ministering to these people and then they're supposed to feed these thousands of people, but yet they have no provision. It's amazing to see what Jesus did in that moment. The Bible says it this way, and we can look at it right here in Mark chapter 6, verse 41. It says, Jesus took the loaves and the fish. So we've heard about the loaves and the fish, you know, they brought them to Jesus. But what he did is very interesting. He says he took the loaves and the fish and he looked up to heaven. He looked up to heaven. He blessed it. He broke it. He gave it to them. And they all ate and were filled. Isn't that amazing? He looked up to heaven. He got, he got that provi- that, the, the provision, and then he looked up to heaven. He got his direction, his answers, his strategy. See, he looked up, and then he got the strategy. He didn't break the bread, bless it, pass it out, and then look up. No, no, no. He looked up, and then he got the strategy. Okay, Lord, what am I supposed to do, God? I mean, you, you put me out here. You told me to minister to all these 5,000 people. Now they're all here. They need something to eat. We got these few loaves and fish. Okay, what are we supposed to do? He's looked up. All right, strategy. Okay, you want me to bless it? You want me to break it and then distribute it? Okay, I'm going to break, I'm going to bless, I'm going to distribute. And what happened? Everybody had enough. There's something amazing that takes place. Not only when you look up, but think about what happened. The little boy and the people, they put what they had in the master's hands, and it was blessed, and it was distributed, and there was enough. There's something powerful that takes place in our lives when we keep our focus on him. You know, that we have time to giving, of giving all the time, not just in in offering we have time of giving you know of our lives and service and what i believe is that giving is just another opportunity of us looking to him and when we look to him it's amazing how that he can break things down in our lives he can bless things in our lives and then he can distribute our lives to the people that we need to minister to the people that we need to be around and that there's always enough when you stay in that place but we have to be those that are just like jesus who are looking up to him who when, when we don't have enough, we say, God, I'm looking up to you. I'm looking up to you. When we don't know how to do things, I'm still looking up to you. When we can't figure it all out, I'm still looking up to you. We have to look up. Micah the prophet said it this way, Micah 7, verse 7. It says, therefore, I look to the Lord. I wait for the God of my salvation. I look to the Lord. I wait for the God of my salvation. And my God will hear me. I said, and my God will hear me. I want to tell you this morning that God hears you. He knows your name. He knows your pain. He knows your problem. He knows your situation. He's understanding of your circumstance, but he doesn't want to leave you there. He wants to take you to the place that he has called you to be in, the places that he has created for you. But you have to be just like the examples that we see in the Bible, and you have to look up. You know, Psalm says it this way in Psalms 121, verses 1 and 2. It says, I will lift my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. My help comes from the Lord. Your help this morning comes from the Lord. I want to close out and tell you a story. I remember the first time, anyone ever been in a sailboat? See your hand. All right, a few of you. not suggesting, I'm just asking. I remember the first time that I went in a sailboat. I went with some friends who were down in Houston, so we went to Galveston, and we're going out in this sailboat. It's a beautiful morning. It's a I think it was a Saturday morning, and we go out. It's probably 8 o'clock. The sun was shining, beautiful blue skies. I mean, it was just a great, you know, time. And we're getting out into the sailboat, first time ever in a sailboat. And I'm just watching all the things that are going on, and the guys are pulling stuff and flipping things, and stuff is flying. And it was just a great experience. So I remember going out into the Gulf of Mexico and just having a great time. So that was probably, you know, a few hours we were out there. And I remember we are just out there eating lunch and just having a great time. But then all of a sudden, Something changed. That beautiful blue sky that we went out there with in the morning started to turn to wonderful gray. And then that beautiful uh, sky that had no clouds started to have many clouds. And then in just a matter of a few moments, that wonderful experience of going out there in that sailboat now became a devastation because rain began to come down and waves and begin to rock the boat. And I remember asking the captain, I said, Captain, uh, what are we going to do? He said, well, what do you think we're going to do? We're going to go into shore. I said, well, um, how are we going to get there? He said, well, don't worry about how we're going to get there. I know exactly what I'm doing. We'll get there. 
And I remember, you know, he's pulling stuff and flipping things. And this boat, you know, I'm looking at shore over here. And this boat sometimes was going over this direction. And I'm asking the captain, I'm saying, Captain, uh, shore's over there. He said, look, I know exactly what I'm doing. We'd go this direction for a while. Then we'd go back and we'd go this direction for a while. And I'm thinking to myself, well, why can't we just go straight to the shore? I knew nothing about boats, about why you couldn't just ride right into waves, you know. He said, well, if I go the direction you want me to go in, then we probably won't make it. Okay, then let's go your direction. (laughs) And I remember we went back and forth, and even though it was raining, and even though I was thrown up over the side of the boat (laughs) one or two times, it was amazing how that I didn't know exactly what to do, and I couldn't figure things out because I wasn't a sailor, but all I could do was look to the captain and trust in him, believe that he was going to somehow get me to the shore, even though it didn't make sense with my mind, even though I thought we should go one direction, he knew exactly where we should go, and it was amazing to see how that in a matter of just a few moments of me just following and trusting in what he was doing, that we eventually made it out of the storm and back to the shore, and everything was all right. Now, I tell you that story today because that is like our lives many times. When we go out in things or we start out in things, everything seems great. I mean, you start the business, you expect, man, things are going to go good. And then the first week you say, well, it didn't go as good as I planned. Well, it's okay. God's still in control. He's still working things out. You're living by faith. You're offering your promises. You're seeing things the way they need to be seen. And you're following in with what God has planned. It's going to work out. God is with you. He's not left you aside. He's faithful. If he started it, he's going to finish it. But we have to be those that can look to our captain. And the captain of our lives has to be Jesus Christ. And if we're looking to our captain, then even though if you're going right and you think you need to go straight, just stay with him because he knows exactly what he's doing. And even if you're going left and you think you need to go right, just stay with him because he knows exactly how to navigate your life. He knows exactly what you need when you need it. He knows exactly how to get you through the storms of life. He knows exactly how to navigate through the rain or the problems that might be coming against you and you what you need to do instead of trying to figure everything out what you need to do is to figure out if I'm looking to him because if I'm looking to him and if my focus is on my creator if my focus is on the promises that my creator has given me then everything is going to be all right why because God almighty has never set you up to let you down he has never picked you up to push you back in the hole he has only picked you up to help help keep you on the course and help help you to fulfill the things that God has put you on this earth to fulfill. Are you getting that this morning? You see, there is power when you look up. And I want to encourage you today to look up to Jesus. Look up to God. Look up to his word and follow the strategy that he gives you in life. Do you believe that this morning? We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.